0: Episode four of Behind the Plate with Marin and Nate, the first week of Big Ten softball in the books, and along with Marin Angus Combs, the softball writer for Hale Varsity. My name is Nate Rohr. I'm the play-by-play voice of Nebraska softball. A good week for the Big Red. They go 3-0 at home against Purdue after a comeback win last Tuesday against Iowa State. And so the Huskers come through the first weekend, big 10 play undefeated, got some surprises out of, out of what happened in big 10 play. And Marin, I think we'll start there. What caught your eye the most about what we saw in the first weekend of the big 10?
1: Oh my gosh. Indiana. Like hmm. I, wow. Uh, there are no words, but I can try to find some. Okay. Uh, Indiana swept Maryland, and honestly, it wasn't even close. There were a couple games that I mm. I just saw the score, and I I was just I was blown away. I thought Indiana had a uh, easier schedule coming into that matchup compared to Maryland, and Maryland being ranked the majority of the first part of this season, I thought for sure it was going to be the Terps winning that series and ending the winning streak of the Hoosiers. But I was definitely wrong. And Indiana has extended their winning streak to 15 games.
0: Yeah, the Hoosiers with a walk-off victory on Saturday, 2-1. to one, And then they play a doubleheader Sunday and thrash Maryland 15-7. to seven, And then in the nightcap, 11-4. Uh, to four. And uh, you and I were talking about Indiana last week and specifically how they had not really asserted uh, They they had been on a winning streak, but they hadn't really beaten anybody during that streak, and we weren't sure what to make of Indiana. I think this announces their presence with some authority in the Big Ten, maybe not to win the Big Ten necessarily, but certainly it's going to be in the thick uh, of the Big Ten race and maybe even a regional candidate, but uh, Indiana's on a roll right now. That was kind of where it started for me, too. Iowa with the series win over Penn State was pretty surprising to me because I have liked Penn State's pitching staff the end year, and uh, they were not able to keep down an Iowa offense that's been a little hit or miss this year. Uh, so that was a surprise. Um, but at the top of the ticket in the Big Ten, not surprising – Min, uh Northwestern sweeps Minnesota at home right. and Nebraska sweeps Purdue at home. Maybe a little surprising that both those teams were able to get the sweeps in those series. Uh especially uh Northwestern getting the sweep of the Minnesota team and playing pretty well. Uh, but not surprising, I don't think, that that Northwestern was able to win that series and uh The last couple of weeks, Northwestern's asserted themselves as the team to beat in the Big Ten. And kind of the position everyone had coming into the year. But if there was any doubt about that, the last two weeks have served notice that
1: that, in fact, is the case. I definitely agree with that. I wasn't expecting a Northwestern sweep of Minnesota. I thought maybe they would win the series 2-1. I thought Minnesota had been playing well enough to win at least one game in that series. But the other surprise to me in the big 10 was Rutgers sweeping Illinois. And I think Illinois, Illinois is a team that you Nate have, you've been pretty high on and we've been, I think both of us have been pretty low on Rutgers kind of the same feel as Indiana, right? Not playing a lot of competitive games, a lot of teams and in postseason running and, I was I was impressed by Rutgers with their sweep of Illinois.
0: Just a huge offensive weekend for the Scarlet Knights, 10 runs in the victory on Sunday. And I'm with you. I, I have said throughout the year that Illinois is going to be one of those teams, maybe not in that top tier of the Big Ten, but in that second tier of teams that are solid regional uh, contenders and probably getting into regionals. It's time to take another look at Rutgers because, as you said, they had a pretty easy non-conference schedule. They had the one weekend, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, where they went down to Gainesville. They played Florida, and then they played the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and and they didn't win either of those games. Florida dominated them, and, and so that kind of verified, well, you know, Rutgers is a good team. They piled up wins against some easier competition. Maybe they're not a team we need to take seriously in the Big Ten. Uh, maybe not, because they go out to Illinois and, and sweep them. And and Illinois has been steady, consistent. Uh, maybe they came in stumbling a little bit. They lost the two games to Mizzou last week. And and so maybe they were a little out of sorts. But the fact of the matter is Rutgers went to Urbana and sweep so no, it's not a fluke. It's not uh, one crumb day. They they went out there. They hit the ball like crazy. As they said, ten runs uh, on Sunday. They got seven on Saturday in, in the uh, game that got suspended Friday to Saturday. Seven runs, eight runs, ten runs yeah. uh, in the three games. So twenty five runs in a three game series. So eight run game. That's notable. Uh, that is a lineup that I like a lot. The the leadoff hitter, Sand, has been somebody uh, who's been one of the top hit in the Big Ten really throughout the year. Uh, Lynn Cavage, uh, the third baseman, has also been somebody who's who's been uh, pretty consistent for Rutgers. So I, I feel like the Scarlet Knights, I undervalued them. Uh, and they announced to me, hey, we are a team that's going to be in the running. Perhaps to make a regional, I'd look uh, at their RPI ranking to see where they are, because that, that is the one thing in playing an easy schedule you can build some confidence, uh, but you also kind of dig yourself an RPI hole. And, and right. though the Big Ten schedule will help you climb out of that, uh, you're not going to climb very quickly, and you can really put yourself in a hole uh, if thing if, if you've if you take. And the easy road in non con. Uh, this isn't the SEC where you can win your way uh, through SEC into regionals. All that said, though, impressive weekend by Rutgers uh, as they swept Illinois. Um, of course, we focus on the Huskers here, and it's taken us a little while to get to the big red, but uh, I thought a very good weekend for the Huskers against Purdue. Three pretty different games, especially different Friday to Saturday. Um, They win a shootout nine to seven. Uh, The strike zone was minuscule on Friday night. Neither pitcher, neither pitching staff really uh, could find it with much consistency. Uh, But Sarah Harness comes out of the bullpen, throws four shutout innings, uh, and then the offense hangs around, does enough. uh, And Brooke Andrews, Another clutch run. She she had two bottom of the sixth inning, three run home runs to give Nebraska the lead. And so, Brooke was very important in the Huskers' efforts last week and able to come through in the clutch twice, which is uh, pretty notable for a player to do.
1: Yeah, and Brooke is having a career gear right now. I, I just want to point mm-hmm. that out because right now her numbers are they've flown past her career highs already, and we're we're still in March. So if we take a look, I'm gonna bring up her stats right now so that we can we can talk about what Brooke is doing exactly. But these home runs, I know Rhonda talked uh, after the game against Iowa State about Brooke and how sometimes she can be a stronger hitter than Billy. And I think for some of us, we were like, wait, what? Because we've been talking about Billy Andrews and how great of a hitter she is for so long. But Brooke has entered this lineup and just taken it by storm. She has 28 RBIs, 6 home runs, 6 doubles, 29 hits, 20 runs scored, and 89 at-bats. And she's hitting 326. So in comparison to last year, which these were her career-high numbers, 5 home runs, 16 RBIs, 6 doubles, 27 hits. So she's here. Brooke Andrews has arrived. And to have two two of those Andrews sisters in the lineup doing damage is scary.
0: Yeah, they're similar players in a lot of respects in that they both have the power aspect to their game, as you mentioned, six home runs for for Brooke Andrews or five home Mm -hmm. runs for Brooke. Um, They can both hit for power, Billy and Brooke. They're tremendously athletic. They can run. um, They can use the short game to their advantage. Uh, They're both assets defensively. I mean, Brooke has been very a very solid in center field for Nebraska. And you feel like that's kind of an underrated strength, the Huskers. The fact that they have such an athletic outfield that can cover so much ground. I mean, for a left fielder, Abby Squire is really a plus player. And then in center field, Brooke Andrews has great speed. And Caitlin Neal is very good in right with a tremendous arm. So you feel like defensively, Nebraska is set in the outfield. And and you're right. You know, Brooke has been overshadowed in her career by Billy. She got off to a slower start in her career than Billy. And maybe that's why uh, there's always been um, a tendency to undersell what she can do for a team. But it's pretty impressive. Brooke has come into her own this year. It's also interesting. You know, Brooke is the older of the two. Uh, They're both listed as juniors, Uh, but Brooke, Brooke is a year older, but it's just interesting. You know, Billy came to Nebraska and was an immediate big impact player. Brooke was somebody that was in the lineup. Somebody who was there um, got a decent amount of playing time, but wasn't somebody who was just dominating. Uh, And she's really come into her own this year. And I don't, you know usually the older kid's the one that shows up right away and makes the the big impact uh, but in this case Brooks really stepped it up this year it's been impressive to see and then you top it all off with being able to come through in the clutch twice and that's just so tough uh, for a hitter to slow the game down to stay within themselves and yet, to still come up with two big hits against uh two big conference foes in back to back games. I mean, just incredible out of Brooke Andrews this past week.
1: Yeah, and her so the, uh, her two home runs her her two home runs were identical situations, right? Nebraska's down down a run, there's two on and we're in the bottom of the 6th inning. And in both of those at-bats, Brooke wasn't really close. So especially the, the Purdue at-bat, she fanned on two pitches that were outside, maybe a little off the plate. And I'm thinking, oh, no, because if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Just go right back out and have mm-hmm. her chase. And and they threw, they threw a pitch up and in, and she made them pay, but kind of the same thing in that Iowa state game when, when she hit her home run in that game as well, you know, those just struggling all game to really barrel up a ball. And then a mistake is made and she's just crushing those mistakes.
0: Yeah. Brooke in both those at bats. And I thought it was interesting and Maddie Fowler, my broadcast partner on the Husker broadcast pointed this out, you know, early, in those at bats, Brooke seemed very much out of sorts. Uh, didn't really have a good feel for the pitcher, but she kept fighting, and it felt like she gained a little more cons a little more confidence. The foul balls were getting stronger. She she just seemed to have a better feel for the pitcher, so she was gaining information and confidence with each at bat. Uh, and then, of course, eventually comes through, uh, with the big hit both times. One other big note out of the Friday game uh, was a terrific pitching performance from Sarah Harms. and we've been waiting for her to kind of find her way back. I think the Kaelin Kinney injury put a ton of pressure on and and really forced her step into the spotlight and be aware that she was in the spotlight and this team was going to need her. and, And there wasn't a whole lot behind her. Uh, and yet she comes out of the bullpen in a game where uh, Courtney Wallace was having a lot of trouble finding the strike zone and throws four shutout innings, doesn't walk anybody in until the seventh, and the seventh inning was a little bumpy on Friday night, uh, but allows just two hits, two walks, and strikes out four and slows down a Purdue offense that had been humming along uh, to that point that buys some time for Brooke Andrews to come through with her big hit. You know, Sarah had just been fighting it so hard over the last few weeks and, and for her to come out with a good outing, Nebraska needed that and needed it badly.
1: Yeah. It was really good to see harness step up because he, Courtney Wallace may be the ace of the staff, but she can't do it alone. And you mentioned mm-hmm. the, the injury to Kenny has just really hurt this pitching staff but she I was she had a good weekend I was happy to see her performance overall and because she did make another appearance and I just felt like that was kind of the Sarah Harness from earlier in the season that we we've been waiting to see again and she's she's not someone that's of not familiar with the spotlight right she's carried she carried Southern Illinois, right? She was an ace. She was a first-team all-conference player. And so she's been in this position, maybe not in a power five position, but she has led in the circle. And maybe it's just taking a little bit longer to adjust. New coaches, new philosophy, different different pitch calling. I don't know, but... It was, it was nice to see her come through for, for the Huskers this weekend.
0: It, she's coming off an injury which really slowed her toward the end uh, at Southern Illinois, and that's complicated uh, her time with Nebraska as she spent most of the fall just working back from that injury. And it felt like she had come back from that in, um, at the beginning of this season. But, again, with the injury to Kenny uh, – you know, it put a little more pressure on her. You also have the situation where, uh, you know, it's one thing to be mentally sharp and, and perfect in the right space, body and mind right out of the gate, you know, second week of February you've practiced, you've been able to work in measured situations, uh, in controlled situations and, and be in a place where you can, uh, be at your absolute best, and also just know what your workload's going to be, and and have controlled it for a while. But as you get deeper into the season, by the end of the season, everybody's a little sore, everybody's a little nick, everybody's a little off, uh, and you know you think about Nebraska's early schedule. And it's the plight of every northern team, the fact that you have to travel for six weeks and all the hassles that come with it, being in an airport for four hours a trip, the long flights, and and just that along with preparing to compete and compete, you know, you're not going to be as sharp week three, week four, or or it's very difficult. And so you wonder if you know the, the usual wear and tear plus the added pressure of a Kenny injury uh, was weighing on Sarah's mind and really hindering her performance. Right. So that that is the the, the book on that. Go ahead.
2: And
1: in those preseason tournaments, they're playing five, they're playing five games at a time. Plus maybe, you know, they're not sleeping in their own bed. They're not,
2: eating mm-hmm. food at
1: home. There's a lot of things that go into that. And, and so by the time that you're done with that preseason schedule, you're like, okay, now I can relax a little bit. So maybe, you know, opening up at home, right. They hadn't even played at home yet. Right. Until Iowa state, mm-hmm. these were their first four home games of the season. That can change. You're, you're comfortable. You're sleeping in your own bed. You're, you're doing your thing. And that. It may sound little, but that also can do a lot for an athlete.
0: Sure, and and, and the little differences make big differences in competition. So the Huskers win Friday nine seven in a shootout. Saturday, more of a pitcher's duel, and uh, uh, we mentioned Courtney was not sharp on Friday night. She was on Saturday, especially early on, um, pitched. Six shutout innings to begin the game. Uh, in fact, six one-hit innings uh, to begin the game. In the seventh inning, she allows a one-out home run uh, to Jade Moy, who had gotten three pretty good swings against Wallace. But she was the only one for Purdue, and uh, then gets a double play to end the game. But uh, it was it was good to see. I mean, Courtney Courtney's been good, but she's not been even at her best lately after the kidney injury and, and just with everything going on. Uh, but she was razor sharp on Saturday, and the Huskers are going to need that if they're going to go on this year.
1: Yeah, and that home run by Moy against Wallace, that was the only base runner that got past first base that game. So not only was Wallace on, but so was her defense, right? Because... She didn't, she didn't have a lot of strikeouts, but her defense made the plays when they needed to.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what Wallace is going to have to do. She is not a big strikeout pitcher. She'll get you a few, but she's not somebody that you run out there and expect her to strike out 10, expect her to strike out eight every start. It's just, just not who she is uh, as a pitcher. And so Wallace pitches well. The Husker offense was a little hit or miss. Uh, on on Saturday, but they did come up. They got plenty of help in, in the four-run, fifth inning, two walks, a catcher's interference setting the stage for Felder, Gray, and Canada to come up with RBI hits in a row. And so they win four to one on Saturday. And then Sunday, Huskers come to the ballpark and the field is encircled with snow, which I mean, hey, life in the Big Ten, you're going to have a conference game and you show up to the ballpark and it's snowy, you know. <laughs> but uh, so tough conditions to play in. You're trying to get a sweep. I was impressed by Nebraska's focus uh, because you worry. When the conditions are a little adverse, uh, when when you've already won the first two games, I think it's easy to kind of cut the motor a little bit and, and say, okay, we've got to. And so it's a pretty good weekend. Um, and and Nebraska stayed with it. Uh, Sarah Harness got the start. She wasn't a, as sharp in the start as she was in relief on Friday. But, you know, didn't really give up a whole lot, just the one run. And then, again, Courtney Wallace came out of the bullpen. And this is going to be her life, I, I think, uh, this year where she's starting to and coming out of the bullpen for one and Big Ten play.
1: Yeah, at least for now, I think that the uh, the doubleheader against Iowa that's going to happen. Same thing this weekend against Michigan. It's going to be pitched by committee with the two of them, and just seeing how it works. Right, one of them's going to start, the other's going to come in in relief, unless they're just unless the other team's just not hitting. Um, I don't know. How long that's sustainable, though, right? Courtney has mm-hmm. thrown over a hundred innings already. that's it's that's a lot. And you've got Harness, who is just over sixty innings. That's there's a big difference right there. So it's it, it's easier said than done, right? it's It's hard to face a team three times through a lineup. Now we're going into a three game series. How many times are these batters going to face Courtney Wallace? And at what point, have they seen her enough to know what she's going to throw?
0: Yeah, the the Sunday game where they're seeing her seventh time, eighth time. They've had two days of film, uh, two days of live at bats, or at least a day of live at bats. Uh, that's that's a pretty big hurdle. And so uh, I'm encouraged by what I saw from Sarah Harness this past week, as far as uh, coming out of the bullpen and pitching well Friday night, and then. Uh, a decent start Sunday, Uh, but it's going to, they're going to need a little more from her. It's going to have to be to the point where she can basically pitch a game by herself and win it. The one piece of good news on that front is after this week, after the Iowa Michigan week, Nebraska plays three games a week, basically the rest of the year, they've got the, the midweek game against Creighton later in April, but otherwise it's three games a week and, and so you are talking about only needing to get through 21 innings and that you know between harness and wallace and then hopefully you're able to get kendall Mengel an inning here an inning there and then hopefully at the end of the year you get Kinney back and she's able to be effective you're hopeful that there's enough gas in the tank uh and you know, I I trust that Courtney's done everything she's d- she can do, uh, to be in a good position physically and mentally. Uh, that she's doing everything she can to recover. Um, I know this coaching staff is watching very closely, uh, her workload, uh, the fact that that she's probably not pitching a lot in the bullpens. During the week, I mean, I'm sure it's very focused, a lot of fine tuning uh, but for the most part, you know she's just got to go out and compete and for her, I'm sure there's also the factor that look, this is my fifth year, this is my last dance uh I'm throwing probably the last competitive pitches of my leaf and and so she can put everything into it you know it's the the old thing of you don't this is it. You don't need to leave anything, uh, hold anything back because it's your last chance. And so for her, uh, I'm sure she's giving it everything she can. And her being a captain and and really the leader of the team, the captain of captains uh, right now, uh, both both in terms of vocal leadership and in terms of play, uh, they're going to get it, Courtney's best. And, and you're you feel like that's enough. For this team to be competitive in the Big Ten and get to a regional, and then from there, we'll see.
1: They're sitting in a good position right now to get into the postseason. They're they're 32nd in RPI right now, which I don't see that really dropping uh, unless they just absolutely fall apart. But because the teams that they have coming up, Michigan at twenty-two, Indiana climbing at forty-one, uh, Iowa sixty-five. That seems a little low, uh, but they're they're playing teams with a higher RPI. Northwestern's an eleven, so that. I don't envision them falling out of postseason contention. They're gonna finish the season over five hundred they're gonna get into the tournament. We know mm. that it's just a matter of where uh I don't see them hosting a regional. They're not right. in position for that to happen, but it's a matter of where is it norman stillwater uh maybe even arkansas um maybe that's i yeah. You know, there those are the three spots that I think we're looking at. And at that point, is it a two seed or a three seed?
0: Yeah, and I think right now they are sitting in a place where they can be a two seed, as you mentioned, thirty two in the RPI. Uh, they control their own fate, and and that's all you can ask for. And they were able to play a pretty tough non conference schedule, uh, stack some chick. Uh, some chips as far as the RPI is concerned. Um, And and as long as they keep going out and taking care of business, winning series in the big 10 conference, they'll be in regionals. Um, Like you said, 32 in the RPI that that's solidly in. If you're sitting, you know, 40 is kind of the rule of thumb vague, probably, you know, you're sitting there thinking you're in, but you're not sure you're in. Um, and 30 wins is sort of that benchmark as well. Well, this team's sitting at 23-9, at and nine, uh, just one week into Big Ten play. So uh, there's plenty of time to get to 30 wins and hopefully over. Uh, as you look at the rest of this Big Ten schedule, I don't know that you can count on this team sweeping a Big Ten series the rest of the way. I think they're going to be favored. You know, it's not like there's a Las Vegas line on this, but if you were just going through, you would favor them in maybe all but one series. Uh, The one exception, of course, the trip up to Northwestern. I think everything else, you would sit there and, and pretty well expect Nebraska to win two out of three. You know, Ohio State's probably the closest one not to that Wisconsin is one where where you would maybe expect them to win two of three but wouldn't be surprised if they won only one Uh, but but you just feel like this team has done enough to this point uh, to position themselves well for regionals like you said
1: yeah and with Michigan coming in Michigan's not the same team that we're used to and I think that was proven over the weekend when they when they lost this series to Ohio state. That's not something that we've seen a lot of in the past is Michigan, not just losing a conference series, but losing the the conference opening series and, and doing it right, doing it on the road. And it, especially after Michigan had such a great news week, right? So uh, yeah. they announced the renaming of the stadium in honor of Carol Hutchins, which is awesome she has done so much for this sport and and for that program uh you just thought that momentum maybe would carry on into the weekend and it it did in one game the first game they got the win they hung on but then after that it the floodgates opened
0: Yeah, ohio state so they were only able to play two games of that series and and michigan won an extra's uh, game one, game two, Ohio State thrashed Michigan eleven to two. I'm glad you brought up the Wolverines um, because I, I thought it was good for them to go up to or go down to Columbus uh, and capture a win. It was sold out atmosphere, so uh, I'm sure uh, it was a hostile atmosphere. But but you're right on Michigan in that. Everything we to this point this year is that they've taken a step back, and that was further proven uh against Ohio State uh, losing that series the way they did uh, you know it, you don't ex you can see Michigan losing to Ohio State, like we said, rivalry game, all that stuff, but you don't see them getting blown out like that very often, and they did and and so. Uh, there there are some questions as to where that season's going to go. I also wonder, with Michigan, you know, we're talking about what our team's chances for regionals and, and where they are. You know, Michigan RPI is in pretty good shape. But, you know, they're sitting there with double-digit losses now. And, again, they come to this weekend, uh, Illinois, uh, they have later series against Northwestern, Indiana, and Minnesota. I just have to wonder as those losses mount and they're sitting on the bubble and they're looking at their RPI and they're seeing teams hop over them, does the pressure get to them a little bit? Do, you know, they've got a long NCAA regional streak to maintain. We saw this somewhat last year with Arizona, in that it, it just seemed like the pressure of holding on to that streak. Under a first-year coach, got to them, and, and you know once Arizona got into regionals and got into postseason, the pressure was off and they were dangerous and they made it to the women's college world series, uh, which is not to say that's that's what North or what uh, Michigan's going to do, but I just think there's a ton of pressure on Michigan right now, and I don't know that they have the horses to overcome it.
1: Yeah, I was going to I. In my head, I had well, look what Arizona did, right? Arizona struggled all season, and all of a sudden they get on they they get into the tournament and take off all the way to Oklahoma City. And I think there is something that we've learned over the years is that there is there is consideration for the name, right the the sure. legacy of the program and when it comes to postseason. And if Michigan is sitting in an RPI position, that's that's favorable and also maybe a 500 record or above i think they're still mm-hmm. going to get in because it's michigan and uh, you know we, you look at where they end up they've ended up in lexington a lot over the last few years and i still i i would see them going back to lexington
0: yeah, it, this is not to bury Michigan's regional chances yet, but I think it's worth flipping on uh, the alert signal to say, hey, you know, michigan, Michigan's michigan got some work to do if they're going to make it into regionals. We mentioned uh, how they end Big Ten play. The middle portion of that schedule at Michigan State, they play a single game. Uh, they play the series against Illinois, and as we mentioned, they were vulnerable this week. Um, and then they go to Purdue for three, and then they have the single game at home against Michigan State. And maybe that's where the Wolverines can build some confidence and get things rolling to where they can do some damage in the back half of the schedule uh, and play themselves in the region. Back on Behind the Plate with Marin and Nate, and we're chatting with... Husker infielder, outfielder, and now power hitter, Brooke Andrews. And just an explosion of home runs this year for this year. Brooke, uh, what's gotten into you? Where has this power hitting come from?
2: Uh, I think just what we're doing in practice. And I'm really just focusing on my swing this year. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. But the home runs have just been coming a lot more often this year. So, I mean, I'm not complaining, but...
0: It, was it something you were trying to do uh, this year, hit for a little more power, put in more work in the weight room? What uh, Was there anything in particular that stands out about how you prepared for this year?
2: Um, I don't think anything in particular. i just kind of been wanting to focus more on being more a consistent hitter. And, you know, the home runs, like I said, they just keep coming. But I just have been doing the same things that I've been doing, like, in practice. Nothing changed, but I don't know. <laughs>
0: How has your game developed? Uh, you're in your your fourth year with the Huskers after a great career at Gretna. How has your game developed uh, here at the college level from when you showed up at Nebraska to now?
2: Um, I've definitely gotten a lot more experience from freshman year and like playing in a lot a lot of games, like against a lot of good teams, and like even my teammates playing with them. They're good too. So just being able to experience a whole lot of situations have like helped me become the player I am today. So
0: you've been able to kind of be a part of this program's rebuild. You know, you were a part of a couple of losing teams at the early part of your career. And then uh, the 2021 team that went 500. And then of course, last year's great run to second in the big 10 regular season, the big 10 tournament championship how have you seen this program kind of rebuild itself from the struggles uh, that you saw early on in your Husker career when it when it seemed to be a little d- more difficult in terms of wins and losses?
2: You know, I think we're just all coming together as a team and, like, our end goal is to, like, win and just have fun. So I think that's a big part of, like, what our culture is and, like, what we're trying to build here. And um, we really do try to pick each other up, like, whenever we can and, like, be like one unit together so that like helps us play better on the field so we connect off the field to help us perform better on the field
0: speaking of connections of course you are playing with your your sister billy andrews and uh you joined the team first and then billy followed what's it been like experiencing college softball with your sister and also being the older sister kind of leading her through it
2: I think it's an experience that anyone, like, would be grateful to have because, like, we did play together in high school and it was such a blessing. And then, like, now in college, like, being being able to continue, like, playing with her for another four or five years, I guess. But it's really, like, just an honor and, like, something I'm really grateful to have because she is my sister and, like, we just kind of have, like, that bond and, like, we get each other, like, softball-wise, too, so... It's just really nice to, and such a cool thing to experience.
0: You've even had some reps this year where she's been at short and you've been playing third base. Uh, is there kind of an unspoken communication between you guys as far as I've got it, you take it, range, how you set up, anything like that?
2: Yeah, definitely, we definitely know each other's like ranges just from how much we played with each other. But I guess some people would say we have, like, twin telepathy sometimes because like of the way we like read balls or like you know so I don't know but it's just like cool to have and like some things are just like unexplainable like with like reading plays and stuff so
0: yeah chatting with Brooke Andrews here on behind the plate with Marin and Nate and uh, you know you've been so versatile for this team you've played some second, some third you've played outfield what position, where do you feel most comfortable defensively, or is there a most comfortable place for you?
2: Um, honestly, wherever I'm playing is where I'm most comfortable. And, like, I might not like moving to, like, a certain spot after I've been at one for so long, but I eventually, like, get comfortable there, and, I, and that spot that I'm playing at that moment is, like, the one I love the most. So, it's really, I don't know, it's kind of weird, but...
0: Do you feel like you've had to put in extra work as far as being prepared to play middle infield, third base, corner outfield, center field?
2: Um, I feel like infield you have to have more like just be more ready for cuz like you are consistently going to get ground balls and like your arm has to stay loose whereas like in the outfield you don't have to like keep your arm as loose as because you're not going to get as many balls, but I worked pretty hard at both of them, so Yeah.
0: You mentioned playing with your sister and and having that bond and that connection throughout your career. Is there also a sort of competition between you you guys? Are you you guys kind of measuring yourself against the other to see who's making a greater impact or who's doing more?
2: I feel like we kind of just build off each other. We don't really like look at our stats like specifically and like see who's doing better because like We both are doing the best we can, and, like, that just builds off of each other, but, like, I know she has, like, more home runs than me, like, she always has, but, like, I don't, like, I don't let that bother me, because, like, I'm grateful that she's doing the things she's doing and, like, the same for her towards me, so it's just, like, cool to, like, see what we're doing and, like... Um, congratulating each other on our successes.
0: So it, it's success for the team, and it's your sister succeeding, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, when when did you guys know that, that softball was going to be kind of your avenue and that you were above-average softball players that, that maybe could go beyond high school?
2: Um, I think it was during high school when we like, got our new like head coach because like, he made the game fun for us and, like, We could just, like, see where we could go after, I guess. I don't know.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, About two-thirds of the way through the season, believe it or not, what goals do you have for yourself over the final third of the season? You still have plenty of conference play, of course, to go. Uh, What do you have as far as goals for yourself for the rest of the year and goals for this team?
2: I think for myself, just continuing to be a consistent hitter and, like, making quick adjustments within the game. To like keep seeing those pitches and like getting base hits and like scoring runs for my team, and then I think like defensively, just going hard after every ball, like like in my range, because like I I got like a big range in the outfield, so just being able to cover anything I can to like get those outs for our pitchers.
0: You've made your mark as a clutch hitter in this last week, especially on that home stand, two sixth inning go ahead home runs. What what are the keys for you? as far as coming through in those clutch situations?
2: You know, I think everyone wants to, like, be in those situations, so, like, you always have to be ready. But I think for me, it's just, like, focusing on my breath and, like, taking it pitch by pitch and, like, knowing what my plan is against the pitcher, like, not changing anything. um, Not changing anything because, like, it's just the same pitcher. It's just, like, a more important moment in the game I guess so you just kind of like have to keep doing the same things knowing what you're doing and like really I just focus on my breath and like making sure I'm taking that so and
0: and finally uh what's been your favorite part of this year what's kind of the moment or two that stuck out to you as this year's gone on
2: um well I would say definitely those clutch hits home runs because especially because it was like the same situation same inning you know so that was like a really cool thing because that's like never happened before so that was really cool but I think just as a team like we're just figuring out how to play together and like stringing things together and like we really have like a good bond between everyone so it's just really fun to like play for each other and with each other on and off the field.
0: It'll be sun uh, it'll be fun to see where that bond and, and where that vibe takes you guys. Good luck the rest of the way, Brooke. Thank you. Tusker outfielder and sometimes infielder, Brooke Andrews joining us on Behind the plate. Well, we've talked quite a bit about what went on last week in the Big Ten. Let's get to it. The Big Ten Power Rankings. Marin, you released some weekly on com, and uh let's hear your your top 4 i'm going to guess there's some shuffling after
1: uh the action of last week shuffling is an understatement i <laughs> <laughs> i i it's going to sound wild so hang on northwestern stays at number 1
0: okay Whoa. shocker
1: shocker shocker yep. i know I have Indiana at number two, and
0: okay, now we're getting wild
1: now we're getting wild, right because last week they were number eleven. I know, however, that three game sweep they just had pushed them into the top twenty five uh that's the d one top twenty five uh but mm-hmm. it's still they're still in their their ranked their ranked team now, so I moved them to number two. Nebraska stays at number three. I felt like sweeping Purdue was what they should have done, so I don't think they get uh, they get promoted for for meeting the expectation. And then number four is Ohio State. I had them at number six originally last week.
0: Okay, so my gotcha. My top four, of course, Northwestern still won. Uh, I've been high on the Cats all year. Uh, that continues. They did nothing against Minnesota to dispel what I thought about them. Um, so Northwestern stays number one. Uh, they're at Iowa this weekend, so I, I suspect that they will continue uh, to to build momentum, and I suspect they're going to be here next week at number one. Quite frankly, they're they're the odds-on favorite in the Big Ten. Uh, I pushed the Huskers to two. I had them at five, uh, and, and maybe, maybe I was too much of a prisoner of recency bias last week because I was really shook up about that law of Kansas and and, and disappointed by it. Uh, so I I dropped them, but while yes, I expected Nebraska to sweep Purdue, uh, the teams that I had around Nebraska didn't quite hold serve. And and so I felt like, I felt like Nebraska had a really good week. Uh, I don't think I'm making too much of a homer pick here, but I'll have the Huskers at number two. Number three, Ohio State, they hold uh, from where they were. Splitting with Michigan is good, not great, but you know, they also weren't able to play three games. I am reasonably confident if they played a third game, Ohio State would have won it. Uh, but but at the same time, we don't know that. Um, so I'll, I'll keep them at three, uh, and we'll we'll keep an eye on them moving forward. I dropped Maryland to four, and, and that's on the thoughts from last week. I know... Um, you know, I, I'm giving them a lot of credit for what they did in non-con. Uh i you know, if they if they don't turn things around here soon, then maybe they'll have the precipitous drop. Uh, they have Michigan State at home this week. That's a chance to get right. Um, so if if they don't win that series, look for the Terps to drop, but you, you know, at this point, I, I, I'm not willing to take the Indiana series sweep uh, as gospel as to where Maryland is. I, I'm willing to chalk that up to one bad week. But if it's followed up with another disappointing week, then that's an indication of where they're going. So uh, that's my top four. All right, Marin, can you round out your top half for us, please?
1: I can okay, but first I have some news because Ohio State and Michigan ended yep. up playing a third game on Monday.
0: <laughs> on Monday, okay, so Surprise. you got it. All right.
1: <laughs> so Ohio State did win eight to seven, and uh, it's it marked the first time in thirty three years that Ohio State won a series against Michigan. So uh, we'll huh. let, let that sink in for a second and uh and then I'll, I will continue now with my with my power rankings. All right, I dropped Maryland down to 5. I have been really high on Maryland all year and I just was very disappointed in the performance uh over the weekend. It was it just didn't look like the Maryland team that I had been watching, so I dropped them down to 5. I have Iowa at 6 that moves them up two spots from their number eight spot. I had them in and I I felt like beating Penn state on the road, uh, was huge for them. And number seven is Minnesota. I know they played Northwestern. However, I just felt like it wasn't as competitive of a series as I was. I would have liked to have seen. So they're down at seven Wisconsin drops from five to eight. Um, You cannot lose a game to Michigan state and expect to stay in the same position that you were in the week before. I don't care who you are. Like, I mean, congrats to Sparty. Let's congrats to you for winning a game. Um, But Wisconsin, man, you almost lost the series to Michigan state. Like that's, that's not something sure. that should even be a topic of discussion right now. It should have been a three-game sweep. So, Wisconsin, you drop down to eight. There's my rant.
0: Okay, so I'm I wasn't a, a, as harsh on Wisconsin. Maybe I'm being too nice to Wisconsin. Um, I think maybe but you some are. of this is. is <laughs> yeah, I, I'm keeping them at, or I bumped them a spot to five. Uh, now, some of this is just kind of what happened uh, ahead of them and and the fact that a few teams ahead of them lost. So I, I bumped them up to five. Uh, I dropped Mi- uh, Minnesota down two to six. Uh, like you, I was a little disappointed that the Gophers didn't fight a little harder, didn't put up a little better fight uh, against Northwestern. Uh, yeah, I expected Northwestern to win that series, maybe sweep it, uh, but I, I expected the games to be a little closer. Number seven is Indiana, uh, and, and I bumped them up three spots for what they did against Maryland, and that's probably not, not enough credit. Uh, I've been a little slow to buy into the Hoosiers, uh, and, and perhaps that's to my shame. Uh, but but that sweep of Maryland caught my eye and, and certainly leads me to believe that that winning streak that they were on in non-conference play is something they're going to be able to back up in the league. So uh, I've got Indiana at seven, and maybe that's a stock to buy into right now. The Hoosiers uh, this week have a doubleheader against Purdue in West Lafayette. And then they've got a nice three-game series home against Ohio State. And that'll be a nice heat check on, on where Indiana is, because Ohio State's good, um, and they're a team that we expect to get to regionals. But if if you are indeed a team that can go to regionals out of the Big Ten as Indiana, series at home, that ought to be a series you win. Uh, so, so it'll be a nice check on where IU is this week uh, against Ohio State. Michigan, I bump up one spot to eight, and and again maybe I'm just the it's name brand bias. Maybe it's just holding on to the stock a little too long. Um, at Ohio State is good, uh, as you said, first time in 33 years that that Michigan falls in the series to Ohio State, and you know so very often when you have streaks like that. Um, one program is significantly worse than the other. One program's going to regionals and one isn't. Ohio State's usually a regional program. Michigan's a better program historically, but Ohio State's usually a good program. And if you're going to regionals most years, you, you would think one of those years, you would beat them in a series. You'd just fall into two games to one series win. And the fact that they hadn't, until this year is pretty, pretty notable. So, um, but I've got Michigan at eight. Uh, they come to Lincoln this week. Um, you know, I, I, I'm Michigan's at eight and I'm not so sure that the arrow isn't downward for them. Um, though they do get aim at Michigan state after the Huskers. So maybe things can turn around there.
1: I have All right. Michigan that time.
0: is, uh, Go ahead. Okay.
1: (laughs) So I'm not far off from you and I did bump them up Mm -hmm. a spot. So the week before I had them at 10 and so are we a little down on Michigan? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're right where they need to be right now. I mean, we're not that far off from each other on where we have them. So I do have, I have Michigan at nine. Uh, I dropped Penn state to 10. I know that losing a series to Iowa, should they have dropped down to 10? I don't know, but I did have them at seven the week before. So maybe, maybe not, but that's where they're at. Rutgers, I'm still not convinced. So I have them at 11 and Illinois at 12. And I moved Sparty up from 14 to 13. And then Purdue is uh, (laughs) taking us home down at 14.
0: Okay. Okay. So, old Sparty is out of the cellar. Good for you, MSU. Um, I've got Rutgers at nine. Um, I I I liked what they did this past week at Illinois. Like I said, it caught my eye. It made me believe that hey, maybe there was some more juice to what they did in the non-conference than than initially thought. Uh, but I got I got Rutgers at nine with the idea that. We'll see if they stay there. Illinois, I dropped from 7 to 10. You can't get swept at home. Just flat out, cannot get swept at home. Uh, and, and especially after the week before, I was a little, a little disappointed with what the Illini did. I've got Iowa at 11. Um, you know, they go to Penn State. They win that series. I'm, I've still been really slow to buy into the Hawkeyes. We get a look at them this week. The Huskers get a look at them this week, uh, and and we can reevaluate after that. Maybe next week I'm singing an entirely different tune. I've got them at eleven. Uh, State, I've been I've been blue and white all year, banging the drum for them because I love their pitching staff. They let me down flat out. You got to win your home conference series, uh, especially against Iowa. So Penn State, I dropped from 8 to 12. I've still got Purdue at 13. Um, I'm not quite convinced that that Michigan State is better than Purdue, uh, despite the fact that they, they won a Big Ten game. Um, but we'll see. I, you know, Purdue's got a couple of bats. the pitching staff doesn't do a whole lot for me Michigan State sitting there at 14 Um, uh, we'll see if they stay 14 or if they bump to 13 but yeah I you know Purdue and Michigan State right now are my bottom two and and they're gonna have to do some work to climb out of those 13 and 14 spots so those are our big 10 power rankings and That'll wrap up our look at Big Ten softball on behind the plate And Marin and Nate. We thank you for joining us, and we appreciate you listening. Make sure you subscribe and download every week. We'll be back next week uh, to review the Huskers series against the Michigan Wolverines, also the doubleheader against Iowa, and everything going on in the world of college softball. For Marin Angus Combs, I'm Nate Lord. Thanks for listening.
1: A Huda Media Production.